0: Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Hello and welcome to the Worst Podcast on Mars. I'm Amanda. I'm Evan. And this is a review Days. So this is where we just do the little mini section of our full length episodes and we're going to talk about it cuz I forgot how we start these. <laughs> how you doing, Evan?
1: Uh better than you apparently. <laughs> I mean, I at least know what I'm going to say.
0: So, um for these Tuesday episodes, we just we pick an album and we do the review portion of it and I give you just a teeny tiny little bit of history. Um this week we're going to do Violent Femmes self-titled Violent Femmes. Um Give me the information, Evan.
1: Okay. It was released April 13th. I just closed out of it because I was doing something else. Uh, April 13th,
0: 1983. Right. So um, I'm going to give you a few facts that I um, looked up about this album. So this is the debut album for the band. And the cover depicts a three-year-old girl in a white dress straining to peek inside a dark house through a window.
1: That's how you get murdered
0: that is how you get murdered this image was actually a great metaphor for many of the songs released by the violent femmes as a whole it's it's that moment when childhood innocence is corrupted by the obsessions of the adult world that of of sex violence death and perverted religiosity
1: okay is that how you pronounce that word because i know we've had issues with pronunciations in the past
0: um how you say fuck off um Violent fans became popular thanks to the mixtape era. A lot of their songs were recorded onto mixtapes by people to be played at parties. So much so that in a, um, I wrote in a 216 interview, and I'm not entirely sure what that means because I did my notes a while ago (laughs) in an interview. Member Gordon Gano noted that a big fan asked him what their album cover looked like as he's never seen it because it's always been on tape that somebody made. So it's just it was one of those bands that people like loved this song and this song and they just threw it onto a mixtape to bring th- it was playlists before yeah. playlists digital playlists were a thing. So this album, nope.
1: <laughs> yeah, are you are you okay?
0: No. <laughs> so considered to be the most romantic song on the album. Good Feeling was written by Gano when he was only 15. Gano also wrote some gospel songs as his father was a Baptist minister, but bassist Brian Ritchie refused to play them because he's an atheist. Later, Gano and Ritchie would admit that the members of the band had nothing in common except for the music.
1: There, Yeah, I can see other bands like that too. Like, mm-hmm. like We were talking a few weeks ago about the Stones, like the two completely different personalities, especially... During exile on Main Street with Keith and Mick. Like one flies by the seat of their pants and one's like go go one's like I need this, it. then Itinerary this, then this. Yeah. Can, yeah. So yeah. I could so that I can see how that can succeed.
0: Yeah. And my last little piece of trivia here, um, the group remained a cult phenomenon for a long time, not really hitting major success until the nineties. So this album came out in nineteen eighty three and they did okay. But they didn't really hit it big until the 90s.
1: Was there even anything released off of this album?
0: Not that I'm aware of. But um, this album eventually went platinum in February of 1991. And didn't even make it into the Billboard 200 chart until later that same year. So it took... Eight? Eight years for it to do really anything. However, thanks to the alt-rock explosion around that same time... Violet Femmes were a part of movie soundtracks, most notably Re- *Reality Bites* and *Gross Point Blank*. So they were getting noticed so much so that they're being put into some movie soundtracks, and people are discovering them, putting them on mixtapes. But and it was kind of like this underground thing.
1: And I it, it it's two completely different things, but I'm gonna equate it to Simon and Garfunkel because we had the there was that whole issue with uh, *Sounds of Silence* that it didn't do anything and then they basically like no okay we're we're going to go our separate ways and then a little bit on the lo- down the line it blew up I was right. what I was watching something last night I was telling you about Detroit Rock City that completely that single completely bombed mm-hmm. and then the B side got picked up on AM radio and then that and that B side was Beth and then that blew up right so Eventually down the line, it's like, yeah, these things get released, and now Detroit Rock City is like every show. Mm-hmm. So, but at first, it's like, no, this is terrible. Why are you doing this? And then it's it blows right. up so many years later.
0: It reminds me of Rocky Horror, is a, it's a very good example of like these movies that have the underground cult following.
1: I think that's the longest theatrical release movie.
0: Yeah, because it still plays
1: occasionally, yeah, in
0: theaters. And, I mean, it's it's just got this cult following that makes it so big. But when you really break it down, is it a good movie?
1: It, it, it's it, a
0: good time.
1: Yeah, it, it's the same kind of thing. Like this is, yes, it's the the alt rock explosion. But it's kind of like some other ones that we're talking about. The Same time frame, like I think REMs in the same time frame. There were there were some others, but it's like you look at it now, you're like, is this really? as good as other things in the era or is it just like the time frame and you have so much with it mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you you yeah. grew up with this
0: the nostalgia of yeah it. yeah but um so this album being their debut like i said they they kind of got some play thanks to well some notoriety thanks to the mixtape and people just kind of sp- spreading the gospel that way if you will um but I want to thank my source, Violent Femmes, Violent Femmes 1983 by Stephen Hayden, excuse me, Stephen Hayden, published May 21st, 2017 on Pitchfork.com. So, we are continuing with Amanda April. Um, so this is my second pick for April, and as a reminder, all of my picks for this month came out in April of 1983, making it, 40 years old all of
1: them are old like you
0: just like me um when i saw this group on so i i did use wikipedia
1: for to to get my
0: to see what albums came out because
1: i i looked at like what albums were released in 83 just Mm kind of and i'm like oh that's such a good album that's such a good album we should do that one we Mm -hmm. that's oh i didn't realize that's turning 40
0: right so it's there were a lot of albums i mean more than just the four i picked but last week we did David Bowie. And I said I wanted to do another one of him beca- of his because we did Ziggy Stardust. Um, we've got two more coming up that I picked for similar reasons. Um, Violent Femmes was the only one that they, they don't have anything on our big list. The, the yeah, list this of is... 200 definitive albums. Um, but when I saw the name, I knew I had to do it. I, I've known the name. But I couldn't tell you anything else. Like, I mean... Like,
1: you couldn't tell me any songs? Yeah. Go, okay.
0: Going forward, spoiler alert, I do know Blister in the Sun. Didn't yeah. recognize it by the title, but once they, I heard it, I was like, oh... that's know this uh, song? Yes. Um, so, before reading a bit about it, I could literally tell you nothing. No songs I knew, what genre they even were.
1: I think I knew two songs going into this.
0: Um. But, hell, I, I swore... That a name like Femmes. I thought it was going to be a group of angry women, but something drew me to it, so I had to do it. Like when I saw it, I was like, "Yes," because like some of the other ones, I know one of my choices was the Flashdance soundtrack, and I'm like, "Nah, I could, but yeah, no." Yeah,
1: I was like I said, there were a lot of looking at it like, um, just albums in '83. All the the couple that I saw right away is like, "Oh, we could do." Like peace of mind, that was a big one. Holy Diver. Then there are a couple off the list. I was like, oh, we should do all these. Nope, I don't get to say that one. Right. But there, there are albums that is like the, the bit, like you said, the Flashdance. You're like, yeah, this is this is all right, but I want to do something big.
0: Right. Well, and not just that. Um, uh, I wanted to stick to ones that didn't just come out in 1983, but that came out in April of 1983, which would obviously make your list a little shorter. Um, but I'm glad I picked Violent Femmes because they're alt-rock. I like alt-rock. So it was it was a good pick. Um, but at the time, I was like...
1: What am I well, doing? What am I yeah, getting myself like, into? Well,
0: we'll just do this one. So it was my pick, and I gave you my reason why. So Evan, give us your review first.
1: Okay. So I'm going to go into a little bit of background as to how I started, how I got into them. Okay. Because right, like I said, this is not the first time I've heard them. So I've heard Blister in the Sun before, and I don't remember where I've heard that. But, uh, you know, I've heard that. I've known that song for years. The other song that I knew going into this was Add It Up. Okay. And I don't have, not necessarily fond memories or bad memories of this. I just have, memories, just have memories of playing 20 Hawks Underground 2. Mm-hmm. And I I couldn't remember which one it was. I couldn't remember if it was 4 or if it was Underground 2. So I had to do some digging to find soundtrack but added up is on underground two Underground too. i i remember playing both of those quite a bit so it's like i had okay i'm listening to this i'm like yeah I, I remember playing i remember skating around listening to some of this stuff there's a that's a really good soundtrack yeah uh, let me rephrase that. It. it's a really good collection of songs mm-hmm. i don't know if you would consider that a soundtrack but like the first tony hawk or the, the remaster for one and two, those have some really good songs in it. So there's this introduction to some of these bands. Like, like I was never into, I never remember hearing Goldfinger. You know, that's I think that's where I heard Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. Power Man 5000, uh, maybe some Anthrax. I know there's Metallica on Underground 2. There's Johnny Cash and Sinatra for some weird reason, but that that's a whole different story. But it's you're introduced to some of these bands that you may not have heard otherwise cuz like you were saying you you know Blister in the Sun you don't know it by name but you're like where do i know this from right, so right. it's it was easy for me to associate this with that time frame and kind of listen to that album in the span of hey i have a i have a general sense of um what i'm doing when i'm listening to this album like how how to register it as like a, a back as a teen you like kind of like just kind of skating around kind of have this rebellious attitude kind of listen to that through that mindset does that mm-hmm. make sense yeah so i have the two that i kept were blister in the sun and added up okay there's a there's that little baseline and blister in the sun and you know exactly which baseline i'm mm-hmm. talking about like that is so much fun to listen to and i once it went past I skipped back a little bit cuz I wanted to listen to it again and I like I I absolutely love that. It's like what, 5 seconds? Mm-hmm. It's like that's so much fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um the other one that I wanted to make note on was Prove My Love. It reminds me of a little bit of Rock and Roll High School by the Ramones.
0: Okay.
1: Which fun fact that is also on Tony Hawk's Underground too. Oh yeah. So it's comparing it's like at it all it all is a behind-the-scenes conspiracy to get all of this s- similar stuff together.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So, and it started with Blister, and so I was like, "Oh, this is this is gonna be so much fun." And then it's like, "Okay." And then the next couple are okay, and then it's added up, and then it's like, "Eh." So maybe like a B minus. Okay. There, there are a couple strong songs that I could, I could see them going on playlists, which I don't know if they'd get like a lot of radio play. But I can I can see why that it's got this underground following to it. It's like you know it, it may be not quote unquote good to or like have a mass appeal to it, but the people who like it want to throw it on their playlist and make make other people listen to their stuff
0: like you do. I don't do that I don't do such all a thing the time I don't do such a thing uh-huh. would you would you want to check out some of their other stuff? I'm curious to check out, let, let me give my answer before I let you answer. I, I'm serious. Weird. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to check out what made them popular in the 90s. You know, so I'm wondering what that album was that, that made them kind of hit it big. But uh,
1: I'm pulling up Apple Music to see if I recognize anything else. Okay. Uh, I just see most of this stuff looks like it's from, or the top songs are from this album. They've got, they've got a decent amount that I had no idea that they were. There are a couple of these, like, um, who were we talking about not too long ago? You're like, they have more than one album? And it's like, oh, yeah, they've got, like, eight or nine albums. Or The Darkness. Like, the I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Mm. You're like, oh, yeah, they've got, like, six or seven more albums. You're like, okay, was not expecting that from them. So it's kind of like this, like i was not thinking i thought it was more of a like a one hit like a one-off album like oh Mm -hmm. this is like this big album and then they kind of hit it big and then fizzled out like they did like one or more no they have they've got according to this eight other albums interesting so
0: but you'd be interested to check it out i'd be
1: interested in kind of poking my head around i don't know if i'd listen to. Like, with what I do with all these, like we were talking about with Bowie, like I have everything else. I don't know if I'd add everything to kind of sort through, but I'd, I'd probably listen to a couple here and there. Okay. All but right. it, it, it's not high on the priority of bands that I want to listen to.
0: Okay. So, are uh, you ready for my review?
1: No. Tough shit, I'm going to get it anyway.
0: Yeah. So, um, like I said, I couldn't name anything from them, so I went into this absolutely blind. Uh, after reading they were more punk and alternative i was excited i absolutely love alternative music um right now i'm caught up with all my podcasts at work so a lot of times i will just go to apple music and look up alternative and they just i'll put it on alternative radio and just sift through because i enjoy just and i have
1: that. i've never understood quota what quote-unquote alternative is but that's a that's a separate thing yeah
0: but that's yeah i think it's like indie and pop and punk grunge all mixed together in a pot of stew and they just call it alternative that's my feelings on it but i love it so um i do these song by song so you ready okay blister in the sun I was surprised that I knew this one. I've always liked this song and didn't realize it was this old. It just it didn't sound 80s to me.
1: Yeah. there, there, I don't think there's really anything on this that specifically screams 80s to me.
0: Right. Uh, Kiss Off. It was good. I liked it. Uh, Please Do Not Go. Not my favorite, but it wasn't bad. It was just kind of eh. Add It Up. This gave me a late 60s British Invasion vibe.
1: There's another one. I think it was on here that reminded me of... animals but i don't remember what track it was
0: but i i loved it um confessions i love the bluesy sound of this one so i kept it uh prove my love that one was kind of eh but i still liked it uh promise this one sounded a bit like butthole surfers to me which i like so i kept it
1: so okay so on that can you name a butthole surfer song off the top of your head
0: uh popular
1: I can name one, and it's not that one.
0: Um, And then, um, shit, they did one on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. I think,
1: I uh, who was is. in my room last night, I think that was off Guitar Hero. And mm-hmm. that's the only reason I know
0: mm-hmm. Um, To Kill, to, or sorry, To The Kill, it's another one I liked and kept. Gone, Daddy Gone. This one got off to a rough start for me. I didn't care for the marimba at first, but then it grew on me rather quickly, and I found myself enjoying it by the end, so I kept it. Uh, good feeling. I really like this one. It was a nice contrast from the rest of it. Um, ugly. This was just okay, but I kept it.
1: Well, it's also, a, a, I think, a rough demo.
0: Oh, and that's why you were giving me this uh, yeah. cut it. Yeah. Would, should I just do the last one? Yeah,
1: go ahead. I mean, it's also a demo, so it may not sound good. but.
0: Uh, give me the car. I thought this one was funny and a perfect song to depict the way a horny teenager would feel. I found myself chuckling a lot.
1: Yeah. And yeah, those sorry, and those last two, I think, were added in the, like, 10-year anniversary or something like yes, that. Yes,
0: and I didn't know that when I did it. And
1: Yeah, I, it's just, like, they threw them on, but...
0: Right. So, overall, I really like the album, and I'm very glad I picked it. I ended up adding quite a bit to my library, which is good. Uh, based on what I've read, the very brief information I read, I'm not sure if I want to go check out anything else by them, but... Um, I'm interested, like I said, I'm interested to see why all of a sudden in the 90s, you know, eight years later, they were more popular. So I'm kind of interested to see why. Um, but I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure if I want really want to check out anything else by them. But this seemed to be the best selling one. And the entire library has kind of an underground following. But then again, so does the Spill Canvas. And they are one of my favorite groups. So I might have to come back to File and Femmes again. It and that's I kind of got that vibe to it as well for the spell canvas. It was like a little. Little spell canvas is a little darker. I know all their albums. They are not huge. They but they have an underground following. Yeah. I mean, when we went to see them in August, that place was packed. So
1: yeah, I was surprised there were that many people there.
0: Right. So I mean, it was a intimate venue, standing room only, and we were very close to the stage, but it was freaking packed. So very cool but i kind of when i read about how how like um violent films has more of a cult following that's kind of what it reminded me of but i gave it a b plus i thought it was good so uh anything else you would like to to say before we close this out
1: not on air (laughs)
0: okay um so thank you for listening uh come back on fridays where we do long episodes where i give you the history of an album and we're working off this rock and roll hall of fame list of 200 definitive albums um i give you the history and if i can find it like the charting information and who it influenced and basically all the reasons i can find as to why it was popular and we also do the little review section of it and some other little, I don't want to say fun stuff because I feel like that's setting the bar real high. <laughs> um, <and laughs> on Tuesdays, we always do these little ones. So, if you have a suggestion of an album you'd like us to cover on Tuesdays, hit us up, Facebook, uh, The Worst Podcast on Mars, Twitter and Instagram, The Worst Pod on Mars. Um, send us an email, Mars at gmail.com. Stop by, say hi, give us a suggestion. Um Give us a rating and a review on whatever platform you listen to us on and I'll read your review. We're always trying to, to look at ways we can do better. I am starting to hear things from...
1: You're the, starting to hear the voices?
0: One of my friends is now listening. Now, I'm not going to say anything that bad about her. She's my friend and I love her very much. But she told me today she just got done listening to The Doors And the White Stripes. And
1: that was like June, July?
0: Almost a year ago. I'm just saying.
1: Well, that's also...
0: when It was bad. I mean, but better. Because that's when we started doing it in more of this format where I started the research. But I'm just saying. It's been out a while. (laughs) But thank you. Um, Come back later and we'll do more. Okay, bye.